alluded to this, but Leanne has been uh, recently, they were endorsed as a group to begin a new endeavor of nonprofit translation solutions, which beyond the French that, that her team is involved in translating, are now going to be uh, building teams in every language of the world to provide an apostolic library in every tongue. Amen. 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 It will be a huge endeavor. Um, Leanne, a lady came to the Leanne from, from Maine. In fact, you would know them, the uh, um, oh, former missionaries to Mexico and now back in Mexico, the Eatons, I want to say. Um, anyway, sister came to her in the midst of a church conference in French uh, Quebec and said, I see before you door after door after open door. And, and the Lord has opened some magnificent translation opportunities in, in her team and, and so many. Leanne is leading it and, and is going to uh, be a part of it, of course, Brother uh, Brock Chavis with MCM and then Brother uh, Jim Poitras with Global Missions is on the board with her and their heart is to train teams. And so uh, the, the idea is just to, to prepare those teams and to function in their unique countries. And I want to say Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Um, I have don't have memory of this because it happened when I was a baby, but I was um, born, obviously. I think we all were born, but I was in my mother's arms. I am going to sing eventually. And when I talk more before I sing, and then I preach less, so you don't have to be nervous. But my mom describes me in 1967 as being in her arms as a good uh, evangelical Christian. Um, well, she wouldn't have said she was good, but she was an evangelical Christian. And she remembered tears flowing down her cheeks as she held me as a baby looking at the 1967 seven-day war on her black and white TV unfold. And she had had enough, Sister Karen, stuff in her background from her own parents and, 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 uh, and Sunday school, etc., to realize, like, this seems like end time stuff. And so tears were flowing down her cheeks as she held her baby boy, Scott Daniel Grant. I like my middle name. It has more syllables than the other two. And said, Lord, I don't know what this means. But I give my boy to you. I don't know what this means, but I give my boy to you. And I don't know what this means for each of you as moms who have some kids that may be, uh, you know, small still and driving you crazy, or really big and driving you crazy. They're still in his hands, they're still in his hands. And whatever you got to say or do in the midst of all your loving them and every prayer you're praying, he's listening. And their life might be getting a little bit uncomfortable because the Lord's doing some shaking and some rattling and some rolling so that they'll pay some attention. But I'll tell somebody in this place, the King of Kings has got this in his capable hands, mama. The King of Kings has got this in his capable hands, mama. The King of Kings has got this in his capable hands, mama. Amen. 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 I give honor to Melissa. She's not just a colleague and friend, but she's gifted Leanne and I with friends that are friends forever. 
And uh, there's something special about that. She's got a mama's gift too, and all the people that she kind of hovers over and cares for. And I'm grateful for that. I appreciate your prayers for us at home. We've walked through some grief in the last little bit. And as a pastor, it hurts when they're hurting. But I called a mama this morning and said, you'll always be a mama. And hope is in your heart. I know you've been praying for them and for us. And I believe the seeds of grief are sometimes the deepest, darkest, most hurtful seeds. And yet, the beautiful harvest that comes as we give what we don't understand to Jesus begins to manifest things in this kingdom of ours, of his, that we're a part of in ways that we've never imagined. Amen. 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 I just want to sing this old song, and it just kind of conveys the heart of a little bit of what the Lord's wanted to say after a little while. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. I get grief from some of my friends, colleagues, for loving this song so much because of how old it is. But there's some of those songs that express the heart of God in such a phenomenal way. And certainly there's newer ones that do too. That blessing song. If, if I was messing with my phone, I wasn't checking email or doing anything. I was sending WhatsApp uh, uh, video clips back home because there's just some neat, neat things that were sung there. And there are some beautiful songs that are new. And the Lord does say sing a new song. But there's just something about that garden imagery and, and the walking with God in the cool of the day. And, and it's kind of at the heart of what I felt like the Lord had given me to share with you. If you would turn with me, please, to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1. Now, I did share these words. Let's stand together in honor of the word, if you would. And thank you for praying for Leanne. I hate that she couldn't come to be with me this morning. I um, We're not sure exactly what's going on. But the Lord knows, and I um, appreciate your prayers in the midst of all that. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 4. Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, the voice of the Lord, the word of the Lord, came unto me, the prophet says, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Well, there's only one whose belly we'd be talking about, and that's the belly of his mother. But before I formed thee in the belly, I, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And then, like all of us, the Lord says stuff, and we, we try to talk him out of it. And then said I, ah, Lord God, like Moses before him, you know, ah, I can't speak. Lord God, I cannot speak, for I am a child. The word came again and said, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Amen. Don't be afraid of their faces. Don't give me excuses. <laughs> he knows who you are. He's not intimidated by your weakness, by your brokenness, by your stuff. Man, in fact, he relishes shining in the midst of stuff that doesn't seem like it's likely to be used by God. Other people look on and say, what? Hallelujah. They say, yeah, you. I'm going to use you. I'm going to do my thing through you. I'm going to walk with you and talk to you. And other people are going to look on and say, who in the world? What in the world? You may be seated. The Lord bless you. I'm going to speak for a little while on this simple subject. He knew me before. He knew me before. Now, you can take that a lot of different places, I know. And I did that intentionally. He, he knew me before. Because sometimes, in, and Bishop 
mentioned this a little bit. You know, we can refer to mom and, and the reality of the birth and miss the reality of the design of God before mom ever came into the picture. Before I formed you in your mother's belly, I knew you. Because though the plan is to come by way of mom and dad into this world, the reality is the plan of God exists before mom and dad even existed. Because God exists before mom and dad and little one, etc. ever existed. Does that make any sense? Sister Karen, before I forget to say this to you, you're not returning only as a fully appointed missionary in the reality of all God's called you to do in Lesotho, if I said that correctly. If not, forgive me. But you're called to go back, and this is fitting being this Mother's Day, as a mother of Zion who will not only intercede for her country, but will raise up a group of intercessors that will see the beauty of his purpose in that country. Hallelujah. Would you just lift a hand in this direction for me? Father, upon the authority of your word and in the name of Jesus Christ, I want to say thank you for this mother of Zion. Thank you for her faith and her steely determination to return to the land of her calling. And I pray upon the authority of your word that you would use her upon her knees to birth a praying group of people that will take their nation for the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's clap our hands and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. And even as I spoke that word to her, there's like this sense that there is a ripple effect to the reality of those prayers that have been prayed right here in this place. For Lesotho, yes. And for Quebec City, yes. And for Canada and for nation upon nation to whom in many of you have been in very real ways connected. Hungary, certainly, and other places in Europe. And I'm here to tell us, even though this world is rocking and reeling with everything that we do not understand. There is one who stands above it all and sees it all and can do everything that needs to be done in the midst of it all. Hallelujah. <laughs> he knew me before. He knew me before. I called my mom one day. We had a spirited conversation. And I got off the... That's another way of saying we were fussing with one another. Just in case you didn't catch that. I got off the phone, Melissa, and Leanne says, So how's your mom doing? And I'm like, she stopped me cold. I'm like, uh, what? How's your mom doing? I'm like, how do you know it was mom? Oh, she said, you don't talk to anybody else like that. And it wasn't a good kind of tone. I'm just saying, Becky. It was like, uh-oh. And then she said, this is what she said. This is what she said. And you're not talking to me like that. Ever. <laughs> I might have emphasized that in a way she didn't. I'm not, I can't remember. You know how some things are blown up in your mind. You're not talking to me like that, Sister Dory. She says, you're not talking to me like that ever. And I hadn't that I know of. But she caught it. She said, Scott, I don't know what the deal is with you and your mom, but you, like, there's just this, this edge. There's just this edge. And tears come. They come easy for me. It's one of those things. I say, baby, I had, 
I had no idea. And I prayed and, and, I, and I wept and I called my mom. I said, Mama. I called her Mama. I said, I'm sorry. So what for? I said, the way I talked to you just a while ago. Oh, it's okay. I said, no, Mom, it's not okay. Bishop quoted it earlier. Thou shalt honor your mother and father, and the blessing rests upon the honor. And I've never seen this before, Elder. I just looked it up on that phone. That's one of the things I was doing with it while we're sitting there and realized that the word glory and honor in that scripture are, are very synonymous and similar. And I don't think it's that you glory in the person, but there's an awareness of the fact that this person has been the means by which the Father above brought you into the world. You heard the, the comedian probably who said, I brought you into this world and I can bring you out. <laughs> and I called mom and I said, Mama, I'm sorry. And what I began to understand and unpack and unfold, and they've heard me tell this story, so it, it's nothing new for them, is that I, I harbored resentment against my mom because my dad wasn't around. I was an army kid. And mom did everything she could to make sure that I had everything. I mean, she played catch with me, Sister Poole. She did all of those things. And you know what? As much as she tried to love me by doing all that stuff, she was not my dad. And unwittingly, unknowingly, without any sense, Mike, of the reality of what had happened, I bore a grudge against my father, but I didn't express it towards my dad because he had a big hand. And he didn't hesitate to use it. I'm sorry if this is a little bit vulnerable or real. It is what it is. And it's my life and my story. And you have your life and your story. And I called her and I apologized. Oh, it's okay. I said, no, Mama, it's not okay. Because I want the honor and the glory of his presence to rest upon my life. And I want to be free to be who he's called me to be. And I can't bear that stuff in me and treat you like that and anticipate his blessing. And so we made it right and God did some neat things since then. And we're traveling one day together with another family member. And they started fussing, my mom and this other family member in the car. <laughs> You'd love to know who. I'm not telling you because that's not the point of the story. And they started fussing, and, and I realized, wow, yeah, that's interesting. That's, that's dynamic. That's, this is a teachable moment. And in honor of who they were, I just waited until we were together alone in between the car and where we were headed and what was going on. And, and I stopped, and I said, listen, I said, this right here is going to stop right now. So pardon me? You're talking to our loved one in this particular tone, with this particular attitude, and with this particular blah, blah, blah. And I said, stop and right now. I said, what are you talking about? And I told them my story and how I, I, the Lord help, helped me unpack it. And I don't know who this is for, but I'm here to tell you, if you will let the healing happen in your heart first, then it can flow out from you to bring healing to every single person you're connected to. If you will let healing happen right here first, then it can happen in you for those you love and care about. We had the most amazing vacation I remember in recent memory. And it's been probably close to a decade ago. But I'm here to tell somebody, he knew you before. Listen to this, the words of this song. It's been with me for a bit. You can look it up. It's by Pat Barrett, I believe. In my mother's womb. 
You formed me with your hands, known and loved by you before I took a breath. When I doubt it, Lord, remind me I'm wonderfully made. You're the artist and the potter. I'm the canvas You're the, and the clay. You make all things work together for my future, for my good. You make all things work together. I try to speak it, but I, it just comes out as a song because it is a song. For your glory and for your name, there's a healing light just beyond the clouds. Though I've walked through fire, I see clearly now. I know nothing has been wasted, no failure or mistake. You're an artist and a potter. I'm the canvas and the clay. You see, sometimes he paints stuff and he's using colors just we look at and say, nah, I wouldn't paint it that like that. I don't like that color scheme. You're looking dapper today, Mike. Just matchy, matchy, it's awesome. But sometimes we walk through stuff and the reality of the artist's brush starts, you know, with strokes and, 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 and it's like, what in the world? But here's the thing, in our brokenness and in the healing process, not only do we become whole, but bro, in our wholeness, other people see the testimony of his grace because they know the before and the after. They see the beautiful finished product and they think, wow. And we look and say, well, you know what? That canvas has been there sitting on the easel for a while. And the artist has come every once in a while with a brush stroke here and a paint thing there. And I don't know much about artistry. It becomes evident when it comes at least to paint and stuff. But I don't have a clue. But talk to me about pens. I... He is creating a masterpiece of who you are. Trust him. Trust him. Yeah, but Scott, it hurts. Absolutely. It hurts. Grief hurts like the Dickens. I don't know why Dickens ever got involved with that. But, it, but, but grief hurts like the Dickens. It's like, it's like, oh, God. I can't believe she said that. I can't believe he did that. And I'm not in any way, shape, or form uh, unaware of the fact that these days, as special as they are for some people, are nothing but a heartache for some others. On both sides of that story, as moms, sometimes there's a heartache, and as sons and daughters, there's a heartache because of the wouldas and the shouldas and the couldas. But I'm here to tell somebody, before he formed you in mama's womb, he knew you, and he knows you now. Amen. Amen. He knows you now. And he's saying to somebody, hey, I've come to you with a word. 
The voice of God is a forming influence above all other voices in our life as long as we allow the voice of God to be the predominant voice in our life. And that's our challenge. Thank God for every equipping voice. Thank God for every man of God, woman of God, and child of God that's ever come alongside of any one of us. But they're not the artist. He's the artist. Amen. They're not the performer. He's the performer. And you're a work in progress. He is not finished with you yet. Amen. 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 Look with me, if you would, to Psalms 90. Psalms 90, verses 1 and 2, if you would. Psalms 90, verses 1 and 2. I apologize. I didn't give this to you earlier. Psalms 90, verses 1 and 2. Hallelujah. The prayer of Moses, the man of God. Lord, thou hast known or been, sorry, our dwelling place in all generations. You know what's going crazy out there, right? There's only one safe place. (laughs) There's only one safe place. It's it's Jesus. It's the Lord. It's his presence. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there's refuge. In his presence, there's grace and peace. But watch this. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. So whatever is not working in the created world that he's made, including some of the human beings that you're connected to, that may be wild and wonky and doing things that you cannot figure out. Remember, first of all, you've done some wild and wonky things that they couldn't figure out too. But then also remember that before the creation was ever the creation, there was a creator. And the beautiful creative process that he's functioned in our lives with is still there. And he can say whatever needs to be said. And he can correct whatever needs to be corrected. And he can do whatever needs to be done in this moment to bring his purpose and plan to bear. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed or ordained you a prophet to the nations. You were known before you were formed, before you were born. The environment, the family may have shaped you in a lot of ways, good, bad, or ugly, but... Before all of that, the artist and the creator of all had a plan for you, for your life. Amen. I don't know who this is for. This is from this morning in my prayer time, preparing for this moment. Fate didn't write the script. Let me say that again. Fate did not write the script. Jesus is writing the script. Our Father in heaven is the author and the finisher of your faith and I'm here to tell somebody listen to the directing hand and heart of God as he speaks to you because he's making something of you that will be something he can use in the lives and hearts of each and every one that you are connected to Jeremiah 29 and 11 is a verse that we, many of us, 
are very, very familiar with. But I wonder sometimes if we miss or miss, uh, not miss it so much as not mention the context of it. Because Jeremiah 29 and 11 is a verse coming to the prophet through the prophet in a moment of total, absolute captivity. This is not a great, enjoyable experience they're having in captivity. And yet, in the midst of it all, he says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Some versions say plans. Because it's, it's, just, it's not just random thinking. It's the idea or the plan and purpose that he's had in his heart and mind. And the reality of their captivity, their difficulty, their frustration is born out of their stubbornness. He tried to talk, him, talk to them before captivity and their own carnality pushed them away into this captivity. And he told them, hey, get comfortable for a while. Buy some houses, stay, because you're going to be an influence in this place even as I try to get you free from all the influences you refused to leave alone. Now watch. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and you shall seek me and find me, when you shall search for me with all of your heart. Now watch. He says, and I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and I will gather you from all the nations, from all the places whither I have driven you. Say it. Notice, I have driven you. And I will bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. You shall find me and seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And what transpires as we focus upon the plan of God and his heart for us, his plan for our family, his plan for our future. His plan for our ministry, his plan for our function in the body of Christ. As we listen with both ears, and you know he gave us two of these, right? And only one of these. And trust me, as an extrovert, I know I'm learning still. But he's saying, hear me, son. I got a plan. Hear me, daughter. I got a plan. Thank God for mama. On this beautiful Mother's Day, thank God for dad. Thank God for family. But before I formed you in her belly, I had a plan. <laughs> this isn't predestination, but this is the reality of God seeing the big picture like no one else sees the big picture. Amen. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hear. He knows exactly how you feel. I referred to it when I was here last, the reality of the depression I walked through in the first year or so of COVID at different times and in different, different kind of levels. And I realized after the fact, Sister Dory, that the Lord allows us to encounter the reality of what hell is up to before the world does so that we can be there for them when they get there. 
And because we're such a comfort-oriented culture, we push against everything that hell's trying to bring to us. Not that you want to embrace hell, obviously, but, but hell is a tool in the hand of one who is much stronger than hell ever thought of being. Let me just say that again. Hell is a tool in God's hands. There's nothing the devil can do to you without God's permission. There's nothing he can do to you without his say-so. Read Job. He'll tell you that. But I want to be comfortable. I want my Obus form pillow. I want this and I want that. And I want this and I want that. And I want it all in the right order. And the Lord says, hey, man. Hey, man, I love you. And I care for you and your discomfort. I do. But this world is not your home. This world is not your home. I'm getting you ready for home. I'm getting you ready for home. And this where you are and what you're in the middle of is not preparation. If you're insulating yourself with all that you want, but you can come to a place where his plan for your life, his heart for your heart becomes the predominant thing in your life and you say like he said not my will but thy will be done I wonder if someone would just in this moment slip your hand up towards the Lord if you've been particularly oriented to, to the way you wanted things I mean, just be real with the Lord. If if there's any particular thing in your life, as a mom with your kids, as a father with your brood, as as a person at work who wanted things a certain way and it hasn't exactly been like you anticipated, Maybe as a, as a student who's in a college program and, and functioning and, and trying to fit and, and, and fussing with the reality of some of those disconnections and some of those dysfunctions. And it may just be that that dysfunction is God's voice saying, hey, he, you, I know you before all of this. I know your dysfunction, I know your frustration, I know your fear, I know your torment, and I'm trying to make something of you, and you keep pushing against my hand. I'm the potter. Can the thing formed say to the one who's formed it, why have you made me like this? Hmm. Just somebody, just, 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 why don't you just stand in his presence if, if you just feel like you're in a making moment. And that's what I feel like I need to say to somebody. You're in a making moment. You're feeling the pressure of his hand and you don't even know it's his hand because you don't like the pain. I don't know anyone who's masochistic enough probably to like pain. You don't like how it feels. But I'm here to tell you, he knew you before. We take people back to their pain and try to minister to them. And there's some rationale for that, some truth to that. But I'm here to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost, you've got to go back before the pain. Because the pain sometimes has instructed particular attitudes 
in our life, has built us like I had with attitudes towards those that we've loved and aren't even aware of it because of the pain. But in that moment of vulnerability with my mom, he healed something inside of me that began to unfold itself in every single relationship in my intimate family. I wonder if you could lift your hands in this healing moment. In this beautiful, on this beautiful Mother's Day. <laughs> and realize you knew me before. You, mean, you knew me before that trip. You knew me before that loss. You know me, knew me before that grief. You knew me before that relationship ever existed. You knew me before I ever existed. Because your creative hand is at work in my life. And because you are the potter and I am the clay, I yield to you, Father. I yield to you in this moment. Son or daughter, the Lord would say, come to me and let me finish the masterpiece. I wonder if someone would step into this altar in this moment and say, yeah, yeah, I'm that vessel. Yeah, I'm that portrait. Yeah, I'm that story unfolding right now. The author's not finished yet, somebody. He started the work, and he intends to complete it in your family. He started the work, and he intends to complete it in your vision of future things. He started the work, and he intends to bring it to the full orb of his intention. Just say yes to the making process. Just say yes to the making process. Let me pray over you if you want to step into this altar. One or two more, just, just take a step. Would you do that? In whatever way you can, take a step. Hallelujah. If you need to turn where you are, turn where you are. Just do something physically in this moment to respond to the making hand of your master. Would you do that? Pour mes amis en français. Just an étape, just un pas. Hallelujah. Un pas par la foi. Au nom puissant de Jésus. Un pas par la foi. Hallelujah. That's it, somebody. That's it, somebody. Let, let him make you. Let him take you. Let him perfect you. Ah, oh, the hand may feel like pressure, but it's the pressing hand of a creative genius who's in the process of making you all you were called to be. Father, upon the authority of your word, I feel the wafting hand of your love in this house coming alongside of some that have felt broken beyond measure beyond fixing the enemy would have said to their minds but I break that lie in the name of Jesus and I pray let the truth of your love flow into their minds and hearts and wash away every lie and wash away every fear and let the beauty of who you are the healing hand of your presence be manifested in this moment for the sake of nations for the sake of people groups for the sake Lord Jesus of ministers that will be birthed in this place but from this place in every place that those hands are I pray upon the authority of your word let your will be done let your work be accomplished you knew me before you knew me before and you'll take me where I need to go in this moment In Jesus' name, 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.